it's Cofield and Company. I'm giving you one more chance, Steve. I can't have you driving down the road in a Skyjack drinking beer. Steve Cofield. We like Steve. <laughs> but we don't love Steve. It's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. And we know it because we feel it in our bones. Here we go. Five o'clock hour. Friday, 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 Friday. We got a holiday weekend on the way. Hope everyone uh, out there gets a chance to get an extra day at the end of the weekend. Also hoping that you're in a good mood all weekend. And uh, maybe there's an Avs Golden Knights game this weekend. Mm. But Knights have to get the job done tonight. Game seven. Should I sing again? That was a pretty good country song I, I did like. What? No? You're no, looking at me like it was terrible? Very, it was That's pretty good. good. Not bad. Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be running backs? <laughs> yeah. Because Todd Gurley's looking for a job? No, but you, you sang it the last. Now you're just, now I've destroyed your confidence. You're not going to sing oh, it. I'm you're confident. Reciting the lyrics. I'm confident. The difference is I can do a little bit of country because you can stay low. If I try to sing Europe, Ari, you can do it. Why don't you pop the mic? If I try to do It's the Final Countdown, like of Rocky fame. There's no shot. Ari From, gonna say. None I, of, well, none of us can really do it. It's very high. I would do it. Maybe the Commodore 64 can have that ready for like 522. You want me to do it? I can do it. Do you even know the song? It's the final Ooh. countdown. Oh, you know we don't we don't need the we don't need to get the real song. That was it. It's just as bad as the real one. <laughs> God, you guys are. You, you know, don't you don't know music if you don't respect hair metal. So you can, up yours. Can I tell you the song that has popped up on my my TikTok feed quite a bit that I'm totally down with? Yeah. Is the is it the Footloose like hero song or whatever it was? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? What song was it? It's a Footloose. It's a, it's like a hero or I gotta find it. It's about a hero. Bonnie Tyler. I think so. Yeah. What's the lyrics? Holding out for a hero. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that one. <laughs> I'm holding out for a hero. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. That's a good one. That's like that's a that's a really good track. Like I was listening to it and it was like like nodding my head. I'm like, ah, oh, this is really dun, good. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. All right. All right. So you have two songs to play at 5:22. We got we need final countdown and we need uh, Bonnie Tyler holding out for a hero. In the meantime, let's do the big five. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at five. Number five. Yeah. Speaking of heroes, dads are heroes. Some of them. Some are, some are not good. Some are not heroes. You're developing into quite a dad. I hear stories off the air. Sometimes they come on the air. You're quite the disciplinarian. You're trying to set the sun up for success in life. What's the latest dad story we need to hear on Cofield and Company? So I had, I, I believe this to be my very first, my dad is better than your dad moment Ooh. as a dad. So one of the things that I have, uh, what we've been doing with the kid is, and it's actually a pretty cheap option to go out and play, especially now that it's hot. There's a couple of trampoline spots, you know, the big bouncy areas that have toddler time. 10 bucks, parents are free. Just get in with the kid. You get two hours. Just jump around, exert all the energy, oh, wow. go back home. It's nap time. It's been brilliant. So we've been going for a while. So last Tuesday, <laughs> we go. And, you know, every once in a while, there's other parents there with their kids. And there's this kid there. He's probably like four, the oldest. And his dad is there, too. And there's a basketball area, right? 
so there's like the tall hoop and the other hoop you get like jump on the trampoline slam dunk so this kid's dad you know looks like a pretty athletic guy probably a sports fan guy because he's got a lakers you know, jersey on whatever so he asks his dad hey can you like he asks his dad on the tall one hey dad you know dunk it so the guy goes up on the trampoline he dunks or whatever and i'm sitting you know i'm sitting there watching my kid and keep in mind that so i've been going humble right here. I've been going to the gym a little bit more lately, trying to, you know, cut down, trying to get a little weight, you know, whatever. No big deal. No big deal. Uh, but I do have a bad knee, so I've been wearing a knee brace. So anytime I do like oh, really? activities, I, I wear a knee brace. So I wore the knee brace last time out because we went jumping on the trampoline. So this kid is standing right here in front of me as his dad dunks on the giant thing with, you know, on the trampoline, right? Oh, wow. And it was a really good dunk. Like, the guy went oh, up. Really? Yeah, he's a, he's a really in-shape guy. Like, you know, he dunked. It, it was really good. The kid looks at me. This four-year-old kid he turns and looks at me, I swear, looks at me, looks at my knee brace, and he goes, that was pretty high. And I was like, oh, yeah, no. it was. I was like, yeah, it was. He goes, this is the best part. Oh, but he no. follows it up, Angel, he follows it up, and he goes, can you do that? Oh. <laughs> this kid's like four. He's this four, and he's challenging me to outdunk his father. The challenge. Yes. That's, it's cool to be proud of your dad. Of course it is. And I was just like, no, nope, I can't do it. Oh, so, you just, you just, just gave in? I was just like, nah, I can't do it. You know what? Good for you. Don't want to destroy this child's if, image of his father. Right. Well, that and also destroy your child's image of his father. <laughs> Can you imagine if you got well, down in a heat, you, you front-rimmed it, you jammed yourself on the rim and then wrenched the knee? <laughs> of course. But <laughs> but now, I wouldn't I – Proverbial wouldn't, rim? I didn't think about that because my kid's like two and a half. He, I, he wouldn't even remember, like, you know, me. I would. That would be a lasting memory for me. But, like, this kid just – the fact that he looked at my knee brace and knew that it was a sign of my physical weakness and then goes, can you do that? <laughs> like, he knew. <laughs> like, it was hilarious. So it was the first moment where, as a father, I was challenged by a child, can you match the prowess of my father? And I, I, I guess I failed my first test because I backed down. Number four. So to have a child, you had to get married. No, said to have sex. Which, by the way, I think as a kid, I, I thought that those were the rules. And then eventually I found out I must have, I must have seen one of, my, one of my cousins or something, you know, without, uh, without a girlfriend or boyfriend or wife or whatever. I guess it would be wife. Wife or husband with a child. I was like, oh, okay, you don't have to be married to have a kid. Uh, the marriage process is interesting. It can be pricey. So we've been introduced to Aaron Rodgers' friends. Who is this guy, Miles Teller? And is it, I think his wife is Kelly. Right, they've been putting out a lot of the social media of Yoko Woodley and uh, Aaron Rodgers hanging out in Hawaii, so they become kind of a big story. Then we see some story come across today. Aaron Rodgers' friend was punched in the face in Hawaii. All right, I'm in. What happened? So, uh, can I just say this is totally unfair of me? Uh, Miles Teller just looks like a, a d bag, right? Like he just looks cocky and pompous, and he feels like somebody who thinks he's better than you. I have nothing to base this off of. He just looks like it. It's the haircut, really. Uh, but apparently. They were out at a bar, and it's not confirmed whether or not Aaron Rodgers was with them at the incident. We know that they're in Hawaii together, but in terms of this incident, there's been no indication that Rodgers was present for it. But apparently, Teller was out at a bar with his wife, and as he left the bathroom, he was approached by somebody he knows, a man who was allegedly a wedding planner who was irritated with the star because he allegedly owes him $60,000 wow. for services related to his 2019 wedding, which was in... Hawaii. Oh, wow. So he comes out of the bathroom, dude approaches him, confronts him, and then reportedly socks him in the face, to which Teller 
Uh, according to some reports, responded at a loud voice, I'm pressing charges, as the guy was, you know, apprehended by police officers. So, apparently owes him 60, 60K. If it's true, you're worth $10 million, bro. Pay off the 60K. I feel like that's kind of worth a punch. Hey, what's happening here? Right. Uh, if A-Rods was around, you think he jumped in to save his buddy? Now, that's the real question. So, I think we've all been in instances where the friend you are with has been assaulted, right? And I would think most of us, I know I have, have jumped in and, like, all right, back up, kind of a deal. I had, I had tough a, guy, but I had Adam Hill uh, envelop me in his giantness. Yeah, uh, we've told the story many times uh, on the strip at Casino Royale. I got freaking cold cock right in the jaw. Someone came from out of vision. I got nailed. It actually cracked a tooth in the back. Yeah, and I was like, for a second, the lights went out, and I was like, okay. And he wound up covering, and then just dudes Take were just raining punches on him, <laughs> and I'm like underneath this shield. And they actually broke a glass on his head, too. That's hilarious. But, you know, he is – Adam's actually – he's a good peacemaker. He will never – he'll never start throwing punches. He always tries to break up. But in that case, he was the human shield. There's no shot Aaron Rodgers is getting in the middle of a brouhaha. You know, I'll fire back on that. Should he? He's making $40 million a year. He's only got so many years left. Should he be taking blows from someone because a guy owes $60,000 to a wedding planner? I'm just talking about from a personality standpoint. I don't know that for sure. I do. I'll, I'll make the decision. You don't think he'd start throwing hands? Have you watched? Did you watch him try to chuck the beer at the Milwaukee Bucks game? Oh, that's right. Well, is it that? So is we did a guy's guy. Hey, he's a guy's guy, and we had all these different things that qualified you to be a guy's guy, and we found out quickly that apparently there is no guy's guy on no, our I'm, show. You're all wrong. I, I know the definition of a guy's guy and a man's man, but well, we never really nailed down the definition. I did. I think protecting a friend in a fight or jumping into a fight or trying to break it up and save him. You're a guy's guy. No, he's a man's man. Oh, you're a man's man. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I have always been con- consistent with this. A guy's guy is somebody who can – he's an amoeba. He can get along with almost anybody because he has interests. His his interests are so surface level in so many different topics that he can get along with almost anybody. He's sports guy. He's cook guy. He's outdoors guy. People want to be around him. Right. He's a guy's guy. Right. Person's person. A man's man is more burly and physical and right. manly. Right. Okay. Maybe a little affluent. Just a little. Do you, bit. do you have to do you have to check like seven boxes out of ten to be a man's man? Because while Adam did jump in to uh, be a human shield, I think he that would be the one he checked, and then he'd go zero for nine on the rest. Steve, if you're a man's man, you check all the boxes. Wow. Okay. It's a peak. Is my is Miles Teller a man's man? Oh no. His actor friend. He's not a guy's guy. He's not a man's man. I don't even know what he is, but he's definitely not either one of those. Number three. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Uh, we're rolling live up uh, on Twitter and Facebook. You probably join the room, huh? Yes. Get in there. JVT's here. It's Cofield. Here is Samstown in front of the race and sports book on a Friday. Is I'm not even going to ask. Dick Vital is a man's man. Not at all. Yes, he is. He's not a person's person. Stop. He's the worst. Why do you freaking young punks get on Dick Vitale all the time? He's a legend of the sport. He's a gregarious guy, incredibly amazing when it comes to charity. And uh, you know what? He sets the standard for the rest of us. When I fly, I want to fly like Dick Vitale, and I want what I want. Uh, No, and you know All those things can be true. He can also be extremely out of touch and somebody who defends cheaters and has a blind eye to people because he knows them and likes them and to their flaws. So I don't know if you saw this. So he tweets out the other day. This is so good. 
I can't believe that today on our flight, flying first class from Orlando to San Francisco, that United has the nerve to serve for breakfast the most pathetic options I have ever seen. This is the first time in my life that I've ever complained. Well, this is a joke over a five-hour flight. Okay. How out of touch with reality do you have to be? What do you mean? On the tail end of a pandemic where multiple people have right, lost their the, jobs. You're saying, okay, that part, yeah. To complain about breakfast in first class on your flight across the country. I would. Come on. I would have a couple of. I would retract that thought. You got to be careful. I thought you were going to go down the path of, you know, the airplanes are doing nothing now because of the pandemic from from a safety standpoint. No. This is like, who, like, at what point, look, Dick, Dick is old, okay? So I, I get, like, the kind of being out of touch here. But in what universe, and this is why he's out of touch, in what universe do you really think that sending that tweet out, are you going to get the, you're right, Dick, last time I went on United, the breakfast was terrible in first class. You go get him, guy. Like, Stop. Okay, he is a lot of, little out of touch. <laughs> this happens a lot, though. Do you know people who are, I'm going to get you guy? Oh, yeah. All the time. I'm going right to social media. I'll get you. I'm right. going to put up a message about you. And then most of the times, those messages are greeted with, uh, you sound like a jerk. Of course you do. And, and, and here's the other thing, too. What kind of, I guess, annoys me a little bit about this is, for the most part, too, us, the little guy, will go on social media and do something like that because for the most part, you just don't feel heard when you're trying to get in contact with the company. Right. So at the very least, you're at least getting the response from the logo for some random person who has no idea what's going on. Like, you got a little bit more power, Dick. You're a first class guy. You're traveling regularly in first class. I think you have other means than going on social media to tell us all you're flying first class across the country and you're complaining about the breakfast. Number two. You love the setup for the NBA game tonight. Well, there's multiple games, but it's the Clippers in Dallas. Clippers were favored. They were a top-five team to win the title. They have been all year long. They're down 2 nothing. By the way, Atlanta up 6 now with four minutes left in the first half against the Knicks. It's 45-39. we got Nets in Boston coming up here in 15 minutes. But the Clippers game for you, especially with the matchup of the Clippers, like the entire Clippers roster is like, we have to stop Luka. Yeah. There's so many great storylines in this. And we'll get to, I think, the best one. It's win or there's going to be repercussions in Clipperland. But talk about this game. The Clippers Mavericks? Oh, so outside of that, I think it's also, it's almost criminally underrated to a certain extent what Luka Doncic has been doing for the last two games. Like, it has been, if you watch the games, the Vita Zubac, you get destroyed by him almost every single time. Patrick Beverly, you're too small. In fact, there are multiple possessions, Steve, where Patrick Beverly guards him, he scores on him, and he screams in his face while he's going down the court, right? Marcus Morris, guard me. I'm going to score on you and tell the crowd, he can't guard me. Paul George, you're too small. I'm going to go by you. Kawhi Leonard, you're too big. I'll just do a step back. Like, it was, it's just incredible what Luka Doncic has done. But, like, there's so many other things. Like, you know, I'm a numbers guy. They're shooting 54% from three. Tim Hardaway Jr. shooting 60% from three in two games. Like, how how can you keep this up? And the cool part is, is theoretically, four games is not actually that big of a sample size. So you could see a scenario where they keep this up throughout the entire series. There's the Maverick side of this, and then there's the Clippers, who put this team together. Kawhi Leonard, of course. He's a free agent this summer, right? Ops out of the contract and go wherever he wants. Paul George with the extension that he signed, and he's been pandemic P. Everybody's made fun of him. He has been one of the more cocky guys, despite the fact that he hasn't done anything. Like, there are so many storylines going into this single game tonight 
like in recent memory, I can't really remember a game that had so much writing on it. And it's only game three of a first-round series. Who do you lay the Clippers' struggles at the feet of? Is it Ty Lue for not being able to find a matchup or just a way to get the ball out of Luka's hands? Is it Kawhi Leonard? Because while Kawhi is great in many elements, the, the one thing I worry about with Kawhi, when he's supposed to be the alpha, he's supposed to be the one. I mean, I guess he, it worked with the Raptors. Why why, why hasn't it worked? And I, like, I don't want to blame Kawhi Leonard for the supporting cast not doing what it's supposed to do, but you do. John, you go back to last year's story that the Athletic wrote, and they were talking about all the special privileges that Paul George, but especially Kawhi Leonard got, and that there was dissension in the ranks. And and, and really, a, the writer said, hey, there's there's doesn't seem to be a buy-in from everyone on the Clippers roster. Because, you know, maybe from a a team, you know, moral standpoint, they're a little busted because they see the leaders not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Am I going down a terrible path here? No, I mean, I Why can't the rest of the Clippers contribute and do what they're supposed to do? That, that's my thing, right? Like, I mean, we the story about Kawhi last year and, like, the trips from San Diego, the helicopter, all that stuff. I mean, in the bubble, in the playoffs, he averaged 28-9-5, and five, right, on 48% shooting. And it was actually 48.9. Like, he was still really freaking good. You know I, mean, I mean, he had he had, he had 41 points. He had 30 with, in the first half. Had, no, what I'm night. saying, he had yeah. 41 points in the game, and and then I came on ranting and raving, and then Stephen A. Smith, who's the best ranter and raver ever, was going crazy on him. Yeah, 41 points. Right, and, and, and look, he had 30 in the first half. Really fell off in the second half. So you can complain about that, but for the most part, like I I can get the sentiment behind Kawhi and wanting a little bit more for the most part, but he's not really a vocal guy, and I think that comes of it. But I think you're right. Marcus Morris hasn't been good in this series at all. I think he was one of six, one of seven three point range in that game too. Patrick Beverly, Reggie Reggie Jackson, like those are not very good point guard options for you. Rajon Rondo is limited, right? Like this team is just really flawed. Think about their big moves in the offseason. It was Serge Ibaka, old and injured now. Nick Batum coming off of a, the worst year of his career. And Luke Kennard, who they signed to a massive contract, hasn't played a minute yet in the postseason. And who they lost. <laughs> like, like it's nuts. You know what I mean? I know, I know Montrose Harrell wasn't exactly what the Lakers right. thought he was going to be, but, you know, on that Clippers team, he was an important guy. Of course. So, like, it, there's, I, I think there's a lot of fingers to be pointed in a series like this and what everything's going wrong, and Ty Lue has some blame as well. Like, he, like he, he has no idea what he's doing from a game plan standpoint because it's different every single time. I'm not saying I would have a better plan, but sometimes it's doubles. Not sometimes your job. It's, right. And sometimes <laughs> it's, it's his job. Sometimes it's let's just lazily switch if he's a Zubac on them. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to what they're doing on a possession-possession you know, basis defensively. So when and if this all goes wrong, I, there's a lot of people to blame for what's going on with the Los Angeles Clippers. Number one. I'm not even going to say it. If it doesn't work out for the Golden Knights, it's going to. Or not. Uh, game seven is here. The best. Boy, the story came down a little while ago. Ryan Reeves is ready to go tonight. But he didn't play in game six. The Wild really locked up the Vegas Golden Knights. Jonathan Marcheseau said, hey, this is the most physical series in the playoffs we've been involved in uh, since our first season against the Kings. You know, game six was allowed to be extra physical. One, you know, for the you know for the officials. The other one, and it has to be a factor, Ryan Reeves didn't play. Why didn't he play? Again, this just came across. COVID protocol last game, he had a false positive for COVID. This is inexcusable. Inexcusable. We saw the Knights have uh, upwards of nine positives early in the series. It didn't affect them in any game. Now it affected them. This is ridiculous from the NHL. 
How can they not get this right at this time of year? That's rinky-dink. Well, I wouldn't even say at this time of year. At this stage of the pandemic, right, where our te- like the testing, everything like that, like it's been over a year now, right? At some point, there's something, there's a flaw in your system, whether it's the test that you're using, whatever it is, you have an issue with what is going on here in your process. And it's not two months in, right? It's not the bubble anymore. We've been doing this for a year now. And for you to still have these issues with your testing system, you have to look inward and you have to fix this problem. I think there's an argument to be made. You're right, look, it's an extra physical series. How much does Ryan Reeves help with your offense? We can really talk about that. But at the same time, it's regardless, a player missed a game because of your testing policy. You have to fix what is going on with this. Amazing. Amazing. Flip over. If you want the best in VGK talk, we're pretty good at it, but the, the real experts are over on Fox Sports Las Vegas. That's our hockey station. That's where the game is right now. Ryan, the hockey guy, Ryan Wallace, is doing pregame for the show. That's 1340 and 98.9 FM. We're going to get back to repercussions if the Knights don't get it done tonight, and then we'll get the latest, the follow-up on that A's visit all week long. Management, the owner was in town for the Oakland A's, and we'll see what conclusions and what they're saying about the visit. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, our next pump-up song for Game 7 for the Vegas Golden Knights. Looking for a hero. If it's not Patches, he's not around. Is it Flurry? Is it Ryan Reeves? Well, I'm going to play the role of angry hockey fan. It's actually the league because they actually favor the Golden Knights. They've been favoring them since the expansion draft. So, of course, they're going to make all the calls go in their favor. Why are you weird voice, Like, but you're marionette guy. I don't know what you were doing there with your arms. I don't know. Is that that clunky <laughs> typing look that we do for, for the Twitter tough guy? or the? I just stumbled upon like a Twitter guy? argument the other day, and it was just like, whatever you think, bro, but the league's been favoring you guys since the expansion draft. Why don't you learn to suffer like a real hockey fan? 
Nightmare. <laughs> uh, if the Knights lose tonight, if the Clippers get blown out in their series 4 nothing, which owner do you think is going to be more pissed off and makes more changes, Steve Ballmer or Bill Foley? I, I think it's Foley. He's a badass. Like they've thrown they, – they – They've shown such a cutthroat nature despite success. Yeah. Like, like their, their coach took an expansion team to the Stanley Cup final halfway through the next season. Okay. They're like, yeah, you're not doing what we want you to do. Yeah. Analytics, bro. You're out. Yeah, this is garbage. <laughs> so I would say 100% Foley. Like, Ballmer seems like a psychopath, but, like, he's a psychopath in, like, the weird child sense that he's just sitting there and giggling on the sidelines and, like, turning really red. Like, he, he – He's he, an adult – Andrew Giuliani, who is now an adult. What is with that guy's face, huh? He's crazy. He was crazy as a kid. That's still Balmer's like that. Balmer's like a 63-year-old child, Andrew Giuliani. Right. Balmer would just be like the, like the, like, you know what I liken it to? Bill Foley and the Golden Knights are like me and my son. He is a disciplinarian. You got to be good enough. It is always, let's go, win. And if it's not, we're going to make changes and we're going to change our behavior to then get to our goal. Steve Ballmer is the parent that spoils his children, just throws money at the problem, doesn't you like, really care. You like it, right, with Foley? Oh, yeah. You should like I mean, it gives you the sense. You can't guarantee it, but I think it gives you the sense that if you're a team, like a, a fan of this team, that like I, they're going to be competitive for like a majority, right? Like you always feel like your team's going to be competitive. Whether or not going to be the best team in the West, you know, their conference, whatever it is, you always know that they're going to try to make the move to make them the best team possible. They're always trying. Yes. And I was going to say, like, I, I, I root for and I rooted for uh, a guy who was like that, but he was overbearing and out of control. Steinbrenner. Foley hasn't shown that yet. Although, you know, on the way back, let's address one of the things that Adam Hill has been saying and I kind of think hoping for. Um, we have seen a team struggle to score, and we've talked about this all year. You have two goalies who are getting $12 million combined. You can only play one of them in the postseason. They've only played one of them, and all that Leonard money has been there. Maybe that's the extra player or players that could have gotten them through the series. Now, it's not over yet. Puck drops at six. We'll get you more primers on this one, and then we do want to tell you what uh, A's management was saying about their visit. They visited all over and talked to a bunch of different people while they were here in Vegas, and we'll give you the skinny. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and company on ESPN Las Vegas. Guess what's coming down in the last four minutes? Skating out on the ice. A hero? Here he is, a hero. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Back again? Pacioretty on the ice. Okay, there we go. Patch it! I'm in. Yep, crank it up. She doesn't have to hold out for a hero anymore. He could be the hero tonight. They better be playing this team mobile. Holding out for Max Pacioretty. Oh, here it is again. 
ready. You just picture him skating in circles around the ice right now. <laughs> By the way, I just did the worst skating arm motion ever. I would completely fall over. Good. They also Good. did on TikTok. They did. Uh, I don't know if you saw. Did you see the last Star Wars movie? Yes. You know where Ben Solo is running to save what's her face. So they soup, they put this song underneath it. So he's like running with the lightsaber. He's like going to say, oh, so Great, good. man. So Great. good. Uh, will the NHL, before the game, though, find a way to get a false positive for <laughs> – or check that. A positive, which will turn out to be false, on Monday for Pacioretty. Hopefully he's cleared <laughs> with their stupid testing system. If you haven't heard, Ryan Reeves missed the last game and was almost out of this game. It all turned out to be a false positive. It's pretty bad. Yes. So Patches is back. Reeves is back. The crowd is back, actually. Yeah. Going crazy. Over 12,000. Very cool. Good setup. Game seven. Get the job done, or as I tweeted earlier, or else. Get the job done, or else. Because Foley will make changes. That's the way the guy, the, uh, the guy operates. So, what do you want to see from the Knights in terms of the attack? Which attack is a strong word for the last couple of games. Well, <laughs> hasn't exactly been an attack at times. I mean, it's been an attack, but it's been like from a distance, yeah. right? Two so games ago, it was a billion shots, but not many high danger chances. Last game, I mean, it was few and far between that they really threatened Talbot. I think you want like, you want bodies in front of Talbot, right? I mean, look look at the goal that was called off the other night, right? Why was the, like what happened in that? Talbot was there, and yes, you know, it was goaltender interference, but he was in front of the goaltender. He's creating these lanes where you can't really see, and sure enough, you get a, you get a shot that goes in the net. Like getting bodies in front of these guys is going to be helpful, right? You saw it multiple times against Flurry, right? In terms of the scoring, like you just got to get in there, and I think that has been the problem. You know, I showed you again. We were talking about the heat map, where it's just that solid blue line, and not the not the actual blue line, no. but like the blue line of where the shot and the frequency of attempts are coming from, yeah. and where'd you see it all? It was up against the blue line, and it was around the boards, right? Like, you want more inside, and I think that's why. And you saw the difference, by the way, in their shot map, their heat map, as compared to Minnesota's. A lot of it was on the interior, right, yep. in, the, in generating high-danger chances. You've got to get a little little bit riskier. And, yes, you risk maybe drawing a little, a couple more penalties or something. You've got to get in there, man, because you're the way that you have been playing multiple times now has led you to le- blowing 3-1 series leads. You're dying. Well, because I was getting distracted by a Facebook message. Um, I'm usually not on Facebook during the show, but an Austin messaged me, and he goes, Patchy is back. And then the next thing he said, he's like, oops, wrong person. So I responded. I was like, yeah. It's funny. He he actually messaged me back in 2018 was the last time. No, I didn't answer. That's a problem. Patchy is back. Yeah, Patchy is back. I'm like, I'll, I'll accept a message. Patchy already's back. Let's do it. Got the hero that we needed. So latest update on the A's. And, again, for all the hockey sure. pregame, get over to Fox Sports, 1340 and 98.9 FM. Ryan, the hockey guy is on, and I'm sure Ryan's sending people over here for the A's talk. Um, updates on the president of the organization, Dave Cavill being in town, the owner, Gap Kid, John Fisher. Gap Kid. Well, his, his family yeah. started the Gap. So super rich, $2.5 billion guy. They, they visited all over town, talked to the folks downtown, Cashman, Mayor Goodman, talked to uh, Clark County folks, right? Talk to Henderson folks. It actually says they visited a site in Summerlin. 
which is interesting. It's been confirmed multiple times there's some interest south of the South Point, mm -hmm. uh, next to the M. There's a lot of room out there. Obviously, spots on the Strip could be had. Wow, wow, and the early indication is, well, of course, you're getting, you know, A's are bullish on Vegas. The early indication you're getting is, well, these are rumors. They're supposed to visit a bunch of other cities. They may not do that now. Okay. They, they should do that. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to happen here. Oh, we don't want the A's. But it, when I saw that note, I was like, what is this? Freaking your first visit as a five-star college football recruit? Like, look around. Oh. But 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 here, here's the thing. Maybe, they, maybe they're so jacked up, they're rotting up over all the possibilities here in Vegas. Maybe they got, you know, strong indication that, hey, you know what? There's a little bit of public money, but there's a strong, you know, private interest in building this mega complex you guys have been trying to build at the Howard Terminal in Oakland for like $12 billion. Maybe this was a lot more than a fact-finding mission. Like it turned out a lot better than, you know, just going around town and, you know, testing the market. First off, learn how to play the leverage game, huh? Yeah, exactly. Like you, you don't go to the first meeting you're like, man, that was great. We're not going to go anywhere else. Also, too, the other side of that is, what were you expecting coming out of something like this, right? Like, to get the leverage, they're not going to come out and be like, that went terribly. There's really nothing out here for us and really don't like anything about this place. So, like, even if it was Timbuktu, I, I think you come out of this going, wow, we're really bullish on what's happening. But, you know, you and I, we talked about this when I was on a couple of weeks ago. You know, the more things like this happen around, the more I just get kind of ick about something like this, right? Because when I hear that a team is bullish or anything like that, I, I automatically assume that, there is some form of, yeah, that public money might be there for you. And just funding these teams and doing all this stuff, it just always turns me off. They have the capabilities of doing something like this on their own, right? You brought up the loan from Major League Baseball that they could potentially do, all these sort of things. And I, my, I just, I get like, ugh, my skin just kind of gets all up just because when I see something like this, it's just these like corporate rich guys who are like, yep, we might get some public money. This is going to be great. And I just don't like that. Uh, in the uh, story in the paper, all those planned meetings I, I mentioned? Yeah. The president also was hanging out at a grand opening party for the uh, extension on the convention center. Mm. Governor Sisolak was there. I'm interested to hear what Governor Sisolak has to say about this. I haven't seen anything yet. Maybe I missed it. But it seems to have been quiet, a lot quieter than when the Raiders were interested. And that's that's kind of the, the whole game here. Like, you know, who's going to be behind this move? Who's going to get involved? Who won't? Who won't want to be involved? Who doesn't want the A's here? Man. Hearing all about him and his love for the Green Bay Packers when that was going around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the president will be traveling. This is president of the A's. Will be traveling oh, to New York. Joe Biden's getting involved? All right. To uh, provide a report to Bobby Manfred. Uh, Cable told the RJ that he'd use the game day experience at the Knights game as a blueprint for what A's games in Las Vegas would look like. I laughed at that, actually. I love it. I Believe me, I, I, if they think they can replicate that, I think it would be tremendous. Baseball does need that. Like, ba baseball, if we have a team or a Major League Baseball team here, it does need to be Vegasized. Well, and that would be – so, everything aside, right, like, if we just – like, a team in Vegas, if it became Vegas, that would be cool, right, because that would be the antithesis of what baseball is. Like, stodgy, stuck up, all snooty and everything like that. Like, you know, the unwritten rules, all that kind of stuff. If – 
regardless of public and all that stuff, that would be a very fun experience if they really steered into the whole Vegas bit in Major League Baseball. To be like the, the black sheep of baseball, the way that these games are run every single day. Have somebody run out into the field and stab a sword in the middle of the pitching mound or whatever, you know? That'd be cool. They're going to do a lot of research and try to figure out what the potential balance could be amongst ticket buyers between locals and tourists. Okay. Like, will locals go down to the Strip consistently to go to games? Right. Will tourists leave the Strip if the stadium is, you know, five, seven miles away from Strip proper? I don't think they would. I, mean, I, I don't think as many would. Right. I think it depends on there are some there's some great pieces of property on the strip. I have no idea, you know, what the status is now of uh, Wild Wild West. That was talked about as a stadium site for the football stadium. Mm-hmm. I think that would be amazing right. if you wanted to get strip traffic walking, you know, back to T-Mobile and take a, a pedestrian bridge across. That'd be cool. The, the court and just driving down to 15, right? The corridor of arenas, essentially, like that'd be very, yeah. uh, like optically, that'd be a very cool thing. Pay for it, though. Yeah, it also says the A's are interested in a ballpark surrounded by a mixed-use development similar to what has been proposed in Oakland and what has already been built in Cobb County, Georgia, for the Atlanta Braves. I have, uh, yes, a public-private partnership. I have to look at the public money that went into the new Braves stadium. Hmm. But here's, like like I said, and we we talk about these kind of topics all the time, but I always go back to it because this is a baseball team. But, like, we talk about the ickiness of public money and the relationship between these, like, these teams and these communities in which they build these stadiums. Don't be shocked if in five years from now they're like, ah, yeah, we need uh, we need some new stuff on the stadium. Oh, the Diamondbacks? The Diamondbacks, right. That yeah. one's been crazy. 80 million, please. Like, Wait, what? Okay. Uh, Brave Stadium local public funds accounted for $392 million of the upfront construction costs for the stadium. They've also built in... Thirty-five million in maintenance fees over the next thirty years. So not that bad. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not jumping the gun on this, the funding part of it. Let's let's see if this is even close first, and then, you know, you cross that bridge when it gets here. But I think it would work. I think baseball on the strip with a retractable roof, a dome stadium. Um, I think it would work if it's in the right location. You know, down in Henderson, maybe somewhere in Summerlin, maybe. Yep. I think you want to take advantage of the tourists, and I, I, I'll keep saying, I'll say this a million times: if you're baseball and you're the A's, you want to be near the strip. You, you, you see what's going on with the Knights and the Raiders; it's the place to be. Right. Well, look, they get my money. Like I like baseball. You know, yeah. having having a major league product regularly available, and I'm a fan of a team within the division. You'd assume the division line would say the same. So, regularly getting visits from the Angels and stuff, like you'd get me. But at the end of the day, like I've said, like it was, tune was the same with the Raiders thing. Like, these are entities that are capable of doing this on their own. Plenty of entities available. They're, they're like, look at what happened with the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe baseball's <laughs> sexy enough to attract some more snittic meetings and we can get this thing done. Uh, you love that. Uh, in the end, you think they do visit Nashville, Charlotte, and Portland? I think if they're smart, they do. Yeah. Well, right? you, you want to create competition. Of course. I mean, what they want here is they want – they want a major complex. I'm sure they want most of it paid for by, with some public money. And, you know, the more cities you have involved, the more you can get local politicians to freaking go crazy and start throwing hundreds of millions of dollars to get 
you know, another major league sport to their town. Right, and that's that's the whole point of like, that's why it's silly to throw out the line like that. Yeah, we may not visit any more communities after this. Like, no, you will, because you know, and this is we don't know this, but Portland might want the A's more than Las Vegas, and so Portland gets wind of hey, we'll give you, and I'm just guessing, Las Vegas is willing to give up eighty million dollars in public funds. We'll give you a hundred, right? And so the A's would be smart to do that because you might eke out that little bit more money by whatever community it is. So, yeah, of course, if they're smart, they're going to a thousand different communities if that's what it takes. The Cofield and Company crew is back tonight at 1030. It's the DC and the Sunshine Man podcast with Dave Koken. Watch at Steve Cofield on Twitter or on YouTube. The game is ours to play. Last couple minutes of the pregame over on Fox Sports, Las Vegas. JVT, Cofield, closing it out. Samstown, I'll be hanging out here for a couple hours, watching the game. Come on down. Tons of prizes. Presented by Jack Daniels. We're ready to go. We're ready to go. What are you doing? Price too high on uh, Golden Knights? Uh, At 185, 190? Well, I'm in a little bit of a different position. I have them after game one at minus 105, so I put a little on uh, plus 185 on the Minnesota Wild tonight. So I now just sit back and watch. Enemy of the people right there. Not rooting for the hometown team. Not rooting. Well, not really You're playing the value. That's the way you bet. You bet with your head, not your heart. That's right. It's what we do. I think the Wild are going to win this. (laughs) NBA update. (laughs) Oh. Where do we start? Hawks up 72-59 to 59 over the New York Knickerbockers. Wow. Yep. Really good uh, second quarter. Held the Knicks to 18 points in the second. And um, the other, the actual New York team, the Brooklyn Nets up 19-6 to six over the Boston Celtics. Oh, yeah. What a story with Derrick Rose. But, unfortunately, a little undermanned on the team. He's got 20 of the 59. Do you? That's the one guy. You know, I'm not a Knicks fan at all. Yeah. That's the one guy I'm rooting for because I think it's a tremendous story as he's bounced around the league and you know isn't quite what he used to be. No. Pretty cool. Is it unfair? And I don't. I actually don't think it is because we do this all the time with our athletes, right? We forget about the sordid past of a lot of these guys, like Derrick Rose. Remember the uh, the rape allegations, the trial, everything like that. Not allegedly knowing what consensus meant. It's pretty interesting, you know, the things we forget about certain guys. From a basketball standpoint, it is a. Uh, it's an interesting story, and like you said, to rely on him to play 40 minutes a game to generate your offense is something from a basketball perspective, but never really forget. At least I did. You never really forget, you know, what's going on with him in terms of what happened in the past. It's a great story. This one doesn't mean all the money's on the Mavericks, but the Clippers line has dropped from three to two and a half. Well, three is a little extreme, right? Open one and a half. Now you get up to three. You can, Ooh, you can understand okay. some buyback. So it pushed it. Okay, it pushed yeah. it up. What are you doing with this one now? Did you already get the one and a half? No, I didn't bet it. I, I bet at the Clippers after game one to win the series at minus 145. So I am in a very disadvantageous position. So I'm just going to sit back and hope that they can get back in the series and eventually win it because I laid a price and now they're like plus 215, plus 220. All right. All right, well, thanks to Samstown for having us out here. You can hit any of the Boyd Gaming properties. Aliante, Salted Lime has great happy hour. You can watch the game up north. 
just on the west side. We've been out at the Orleans a couple times, Bailiwick. And Samstown is a tremendous place to hang out. We've got a ton of restaurants now open. The place is jumping tonight. Beers are flowing. We're right next to the sports deli. We're giving out prizes in front of the race and sportsbook. Excellent. Like I said, our hockey station is humming along right now. Get over there. Fox Sports 1340 and 98.9 FM. Ryan Wallace leads you up to the game. Then you have the call of the game. Intermission with Ryan. Post game with Ryan. Give him a call after the game. Hopefully the Knights can get this done and we have more playoff hockey, local playoff hockey, coming up next week. And we'll be back tonight with our own post-game show, DC and the Sunshine Man. Dave Koken, also Willie Ramirez. That goes down online at 1030. We'll see you.